swept by the Red Sox. Ragdolled. Eight losses in a row. That's the first time since 1995. The Red Sox are a pretty bad team. Well, they're very they're very middling, mediocre, not good. But the Yankees are are so bad. They not only made the Red Sox look half decent, but they made the Red Sox look like the Red Sox of was it 2018 when they won it all? And not one of us is shocked. Not one of us is angry anymore. We're just sitting here watching it because we're fans and at least with me, I have a personal quota. Like, I want to be able to watch to say I watch every game or most games. So I just watch it just to say that to myself. But it's bad. Yeah, I mean, no, th- this team is bad. It, it's it's a bad state they're in because help is not on the way in the offseason. And the bad players on this bad team are stuck in this bad place. And the only way that help could be on the way is... You know, if the Yankees were the Yankees of old and they had no trouble going out and acquiring help. But remember, folks, this is Hal's Yankees. This team does not spend to win anymore, but they spend just enough to say that they spend and also remain under the all-important bullshit luxury tax. So let's talk Yankees. Let's talk Yankees here in episode 551. Cue the intro. I'm your host, RJ. Let's get to it. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, Turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Time! Penetrate, create... And showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. Oh, 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 oh. <clears throat> All right. Let's do it, folks. Let's talk New York Yankees. The Yankees swept by Boston with no prospects in the horizon. No prospects in sight right now. Maybe they are by the time I finish uploading this episode and then we drop it, but. As of now, as of Sunday night, August 20th, 11 p.m., there are no prospects being promoted to make this Yankees team less excruciating to watch. And you know, man, the energy just doesn't seem there anymore. Watching it. I'm not invested anymore. I told you guys already after the Chicago White Sox series a few weeks ago, whenever that was, I checked out. But I'm talking about the Yankees on the field and the clubhouse and the dugout. I don't think they have it. Like, the energy doesn't seem there. And this is a phrase you sometimes hear too much when things aren't going well. You'll hear people say, 
so-and-so has lost the clubhouse. Like, you've heard it a lot in the Nick fan base with the coaches. But I really do believe that Aaron Boone has lost the clubhouse. I mean, I think it's reasonable to, to say that. The Yankees have been in last place for more than half the season now, and they're on pace to finish 78 and 84. They're 60 and 64 right now. They have to go 30 and 9 to win 90 games, which would get them in the playoffs if you're still caring about that. But they probably have a better chance of going 9 and 30. The message is not getting across. Boone's message is not working, and he has not tried once to change it up. Hal and Cashman apparently met with Boone today. I think it was more of a casual meet, but if I'm going to guess, they said it was about the future of the team and the prospects and that stuff, but I have a feeling this was them kind of hinting to Boone that this is it for him. They're kind of letting him know, hey, we're going to let you finish out the year, do your thing, try your best, kind of just giving him his notice, all that stuff. I think that's what that was. I think he's gone, and I think he knows. I just, I just, I think he lost the team. I do. You look at all the things you've been hearing. Like, you, you heard that Boone talked to the clubhouse after, was it the first loss of the series? He had a conversation to the guys in the clubhouse talking about how, you know, they can still turn it around and, and bullshit, right? You got Anthony Volpe out there saying shit the fans have been saying. Aaron Judge the other night was quoting Boone's infamous right in front of us comment, but he was kind of smirking while doing it. Garrett Cole, whoa. How about that? After his start, what he said, how he's never experienced something like this before. Garrett Cole said that. Garrett Cole is a dude who pitched five seasons in Pittsburgh saying something like that. It just feels like he's gone and he's starting to realize it. It's starting to feel like he also knows that. He made the reference the other day to the Phillies, the Braves, and how they had a hell of a run and how the Yankees will need one of those and that they're capable of it. So at least he acknowledged that that's where they're they were at. And then today, he said something very similar to that. But like he said, like we're gonna have to go on this otherworldly run or some strong adjective like that, acknowledging that this team has to do a lot. I, I think he's accepted or he's accepting him and in this team's fate at this point. So we'll see. Let's get to our first break and we'll recap the series. Talk a little more. Stay with us. I'm your host, RJ. Be right back here on BD4. We appreciate you sticking around and listening so far. When you have a chance, be sure to open YouTube to subscribe, like, and comment. And if you're already watching on YouTube, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. We appreciate your feedback and are always looking to improve. Now, with that all said, let's get you back to the show. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, episode 551. If you have not checked out episode 550, go do that. We talked some Knicks. It was a more positive episode. Exciting episode. It was a really good episode. I had a good time talking about the Knicks, and I always get happy when I discuss the Knicks. Um, can't say the same about this team. 
let's let's go over the series, and and I'm gonna remind you this is gonna be very short when we do these recaps, and the episode will not be based on these games as much as they'll be based on more important topics. Game one on uh fucking fuck was it Friday? Game one was on Friday. Um, the Yankees lose to the Red Sox, eight to three, in the Bronx. Johnny Brito versus uh Brian Bayo, Bayo, not Bello, it's spelled Bello. I think it's Brian Bayo. Doesn't sound right. I don't know. It was an Apple TV game. Um, for some reason, I have that. Christ. And, um, yeah, it was over from the start. Johnny Brito gets shelled uh, on the top of the first. <laughs> Double, single, single, and then the home run to Masataka Yoshida for nothing. Um, top of the second. Labor the E4, of course. Then you get single, 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 single. 7 nothing Boston, just like that. And the game was over. Because of Brito. Two and a third innings. Six earned runs. Seven runs. Nine hits. A strikeout. A home run allowed. 46 pitches in the loss. Sucks because you kind of could have picked apart his season and said, well, if you take away the two twin starts, he's been pretty good. Then this happened. Three. But, yeah, he, uh, he was awful. He had awful command. He was leaving pitches up all night. Or I shouldn't say all night. All two and a third innings. Uh, he had the two-seamer he left up to Turner. A change-up to Yoshida. That curveball that Devers killed. Clobbered. Clobbered. It was middle of the zone and in. Then he left up another pitch to Yoshida. I think it was a two-seamer that was up in the second inning. And he hit it. He wasn't good. Um, the bullpen, they were they were good. They eight innings and you know six and two thirds combined for one run. Hamilton was sharp, three and two scoreless innings, three and two thirds scoreless innings. Um, Middleton, fucking this Middleton guy's been good, quietly doing his thing as he's looking for a contract in the offseason. One inning, a walk, no runs, no hits. Um, Weiser got the eighth and ninth, two innings. A run, two hits, two strikeouts. The run off of him was the Devers RBI base hit in the ninth. And offensively, three runs on ten hits, one walk, eleven strikeouts. Excuse me, two double plays hit into, and they were zero for six in scoring position. They did nothing in this game other than two innings of bullshit. Bottom of the third, DJ grounds out to score Volpe seven to one. Bottom of the eighth, they make it seven to three. When Judge hits the meaningless two-run home run. And that was it. The Yankees would lose 8-3. to three. Game 2 on Saturday. <clears throat> Fuck. Game 2 on Saturday. Fucking Yankees lose this one 8-1. to one. Garrett Cole went up against Cutter Crawford. Um, Cole gave the Yankees no chance. Uh, it's not often you say that. But... You know, he's been so good, you can't get too frustrated with him. 
does annoy me a little bit that he can't pitch well against Boston. They've always pounded him. Um, top of the second, leadoff single, single, walk, and then the grand slam allowed to Urias. 4 nothing Boston, just like that. Top of the fourth, it was 6 nothing after a leadoff base hit and then the two-run home run surrendered to Wong. Cole ends up going only four innings, six runs, seven hits, a walk, four strikeouts, two home runs issued, 86 pitches needed, and he got the loss. <clears throat> yeah, his, his fastballs were hit a little bit in this one. The cutter was hit twice. The four-seamer was hit three times. So... And each of those pitches were hit for home runs. What else is there to say? Yeah, it was it was a terrible performance by the race. Who doesn't seem to be able to pitch against Boston. Has never figured that out. Um, the Bats. One run on two hits. Couple walks. Didn't even get into scoring position. Not a single man reached second. Uh, Judge had a home run. Greg Allen had a single. That's it. You had the IK bunt, IKF bunt attempt, which was embarrassing because you're down four runs. You've got Giancarlo Stanton on first base. And he tries to bunt, pops it up, and ends up being a double play. The explanation, too, was just amazing. <laughs> but why should, we be sh- why should we be shocked at that? Boone said they were playing for the error. A major league baseball team was playing for the error. That is some little league shit. Oh, that's embarrassing to even say out loud. The bullpen, five innings, one run. Lasagna, scoreless inning. Canely, a scoreless inning. And Abreu, three innings, two runs because he's terrible and somehow still on this team. Double to Reyes in the eighth and a home run to Devers in the ninth. And then game three was Sunday where the Yankees, Sunday was today. The Yankees would also lose, was it six to five? Schmidt pitched in this game. Uh, he allows the solo home run to Devers in the first inning. The Yankees were already down, just like that. But they made it tight the entire game, and, and they made this one a close one, and they kept answering back every inning. They tied it up in the third with the Higashioka home run. Bottom of the fourth, Glaber hits the leadoff double, but he was, of course, stranded. Um, he makes a leaping catch in the fifth. In the sixth, Schmidt was still in the game. He was kind of losing it a little. Um, you had to play at sh- at second base with Torres making a wild throw to, to Volpe. Volpe gets charged with a throwing error. The Red Sox score on that. Uh, then the Yanks tie it up again when Glaber goes deep in the bottom of the sixth to make it 2-2. Two to two. Turner homers off um, Michael King in the seventh. King does not have it. Hasn't been the same pitcher this year. Three-run shot. It's 5-2 Boston. But Volpe answers back. Three-run home run himself in the bottom of the seventh. And all of a sudden, it's 5-5. Bottom of the eighth, you get the overturn plays off the Volpe single to bring IKF home. It was a whole thing. Was he safe? Was he out? Was the catcher blocking the plate? Was he not? Who cares, honestly? The whole thing was a mess. But in the end, minutes later, the Yankees got their run taken away, whether you agree or not. Um, Big play that determined the game uh, because in the top of the ninth, Clay Holmes is in and he's mentally weak. And so he continues to choke in crucial spots. Although how crucial really is this? Um, but Boston takes the one run lead off him. I think it was Verdugo. Um, 
and then the bottom of the ninth comes, and the Yankees look like they're doing something, but of course every Yankees fan on the earth knows they're not going to, and they don't. They put first and second on with nobody out, and they score zero runs from it. Greg Allen had the leadoff double at the top of the wall. As soon as that ball didn't clear the fence, you knew it was over for the Yankees. Then DJ gets hit with a pitch, uh, but Judge strikes out on a very close fastball low and in, but you can't take that pitch. It was a very poor at-bat from him. Labor Torres strikes out, swinging through a very hittable cutter up in the way, up and away in the zone, and then you get the uh, Ben Rorfed at bat in the four hole. He flies to center, and the game is ended. And the Yankees lose their eighth game in a row for the first time since once again 1995. So, again, run through a few topics, and we're going to make this quick and. You know, not too much focus will be on the uh, games. So, I think it was last episode. We were talking about the former Yankee prospect, Ben Ruda, who made comments about the Yankees' player development and their use of analytics. I want to talk a little bit more about that uh, podcast foul territory because I saw I heard another clip um, of Brzezinski who made an excellent point the other day and I promise I I don't want to spend the entire episode ranting about analytics again but because I again I like analytics I think if used properly they're good but some analytics guy was on their show foul territory and he mentioned how the Yankees do a great job of developing hitters who hit the ball hard. And Przinsky kind of pushed back with a very excellent response, um, basically saying how Volpe's only graded uh, as an above-average war because he steals bases and plays defense. But if you look at his offensive numbers, he's been below average, which is true. Spencer Jones, he was saying how he has a 785 OPS in high A. Dominguez, who's supposed to be this next great, has a 756 OPS in double A. Jones is supposed to be judged, right? Like, so basically he was saying, we understand there are certain factors in developing major league hitters, but something that doesn't show up on their little spreadsheets is that not every guy is built the same. Like, you can have a 6'7 freak like Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton, and then you have a small middle infielder like Anthony Volpe. And you shouldn't have a guy like Anthony Volpe going up there trying to swing for home runs, trying to hit the ball 105 miles an hour like you do an Aaron Judge and a Giancarlo Stanton because Anthony Volpe isn't physically built the way they are. To where he can do that consistently. Sometimes a two strike approach is okay. Cutting down your swing. Focusing in on getting that run in from third base. Sometimes that's okay. Sometimes, here's one, a bunt will do the trick. There needs to be more to their development than just exit velocity. 
it's like what Ruta said about the medicine ball drill and the other one, the, the mini game where you score a point with a walk or hitting it 100 miles an hour or whatever it was. He also mentioned that in those drills, hitters get penalized for soft contact even if it results in hits. That's not good. Teach an approach. Teach them principles that... that like, teach situational hitting. Moving guys over. It's okay to believe in batting average. It's okay to think singles are good. And here's one. Maybe stop being afraid of contact because one of the many outcomes can be a ground ball double play. But maybe be afraid of striking out because the sole outcome every single time is those runners on second or on third staying put. I mean, how crazy is this? It's a little hypocritical of the Yankees because these guys, these Yankees guys in upper management are literally trying to market Anthony Volpe after a guy who had the, the literal exact approach, approach that they don't believe in. That's insane to me. Derek Jeter. He had that exact approach that the Yankees don't believe in. You know how it works. You know it works. It's an approach that works. You've seen it work firsthand. You just retired the guy's number. You just invited him back to old or you just invited him to old timers day for the first time. And you still don't believe in the way that he made his living. They keep trying to reinvent the wheel and be the Rays and be the Oakland A's. And I just how about you go be the Yankees? It's all nuts, man. It's insane. And again, excuse me for sounding like the old man with his fist in the air, but dude, I say it so much that the analytics nerds are just super soft because they aren't about results. Analytics people are not about results, which is incredibly ridiculous because that's all that matters. But they're about indicators. They're about projections. Exit velo, expected batting average, projected OPS. It's insane. We literally stopped caring about results somewhere down the line. I mean, some of you idiots would probably be happier at a projected World Series title than an actual one because it wasn't supposed to happen that way. It's insane, dude. We, we need to start developing these kids the way that some of these other ball clubs do. Look at the way Boston has developed a guy like Rafael Devers. This guy hits like 800 against the Yankees, but I can't find a way to disrespect him. I have to respect the guy because he's a great young player. As much as I hate him, he's everything you want the Yankees to have. You have to respect it. He's a lefty slugger who mashes fastballs. He took care of that hanger this weekend, uh, that curveball. Doubles, homers, constantly with him. He attacks up there at the plate. He hunts extra base hits. He's everything you want. But for some reason, the Yankees just don't develop these guys the way they should be. They have these principles they teach, and they're garbage. Let's talk more when we return from break. We'll be right back here on episode 551 of BD4, talking Yankees Red Sox. You can also find us on social media. If you'd like, you can follow BD4 on Facebook, and we're at BD4Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We appreciate you helping us grow more and more every day. Let's get back to it. All right. 
Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 551 of BD4. Yankees get swept by the Red Sox. Where are the prospects? Where are the prospects? All these clubs are now starting to call up their guys. The Angels just called up their number one kid. The Cubs, I believe the Cubs, called up their prospects too, I think I saw. Detroit, they just called up their their guy, that center fielder. And you're, you're just getting jealous now. Like, you're seeing all this young talent now. De La Cruz, he's doing something viral every week with that tool set of his. Julio Rodriguez, second-year player, just came off a 17-for-22 span where he had more hits than the Yankees in four games by himself. Gunnar Henderson today, the Orioles, had four extra base hits. That's as many extra base hits as the Yankees had in this series heading into today. Where are these kids? The August 18th deadline day is passed. So you can get that extra year. You don't have to worry about rookie eligibility anymore, which not that they ever should have worried about that. But you're getting to a point where it's like, now you're calling them up for what? Like meaningless exhibition, uninspiring late August, September games. How true of a look are we going to be getting at these guys now? Are they going to be motivated to actually look like themselves? Are they going to be playing hard? Are these games going to be meaningful for them? This shit should have happened in June. Then it should have happened at the All-Star break. Then it should have happened at the deadline when they did nothing. And it's August 20th right now, and it still hasn't happened. Oswald Peraza, Everson Pereira, Austin Wells, those guys should all be here. Jason Dominguez should be in AAA the second Everson Pereira gets promoted. How many times are we going to lose games with the same exact recipe? Glaber Torres losing focus in the field. Happened two more times this weekend, by the way. IKF batting fifth. Love the guy. I'd bring him back. But he's not an everyday starter who bats fifth for you. Jake Bowers at cleanup. The guy's three for his last one million. Billy McKinney is not an everyday player. It's the same mistakes because you're running out the same guys. You know what you're getting and the guys you keep running out. You know what you have there. So what are you doing? You know what I think it is? I think it's stubbornness. They don't want to look dumb. They don't want these kids coming up here and hitting and winning maybe because they know that's just an even worse look for them. That looks terrible on their part. It's not a good look for Cashman. And you can't add that to the long list of things that already not that already aren't a, a good look for Brian Cashman. Speaking of prospects, we'll talk some Anthony Volpe because he's been a bright uh, a bright spot. Anthony Volpe, I'm tipping my cap to you this series because you continue to play well. Four hits and eleven at bats. 364 average, double homer, three RBIs, couple runs scored, eight total bases, and a 1091 OPS this series in three games against Boston. On the year, he's got the average up to 217, the OPS at 691. So that's a nice personal goal to get to by the end of the year is maybe 
try to get the OPS to 700. 17 home runs in the year, too. So I'm tipping my cap to Anthony Volpe for the eighth time this season. So he's been playing with a little fire, too, lately, man. Again, the things he's been saying, but if you watch him when he gets a base hit or something, when he's on base, the uh, the gestures he makes, the, the mannerisms, I like it. The swing he took today, the home run to tie the game. He should watch film of that over and over. Line drive home run the other way, and it went over the short porch. And that's okay, because that's how he's going to hit home runs. And that's what we need him doing, running into home runs. Not hunting home runs, right? There's a difference. That's it. We need him running into homers. Speaking of, he's hit some pretty big ones, man. Four of Anthony Volpe's last five home runs have now either tied the game or given the Yankees the lead. So, that's good. And it's going to be an important final month of the season for him to kind of get some answers heading into 2024. If he keeps hitting, maybe we have ourselves you know, some assurance that Volpe will be headed into a solid second season next year, right? In his last 57 games, since the whole chicken pawn mechanics tweak... Volpe, 255 average, a 795 OPS, 24 RBIs. Is that more of what we'll be getting next year, right? We'll see. He's got an entire month plus left, so hopefully we keep getting that. And I want him to bat leadoff so he can get comfortable there and get more reps there. Um, Clark Schmidt, we'll tip our cap to him. Five and two-thirds innings, two runs, eight strikeouts, two walks, four hits, a homer, two singles, and a double. 97 pitches, 65 strikes, and got the no decision in game three today. Yeah. Um, he still can't go very deep into games, but again, he's a number five. Um, but this was a big start for him because he got shelled last time versus Atlanta. I always like seeing how pitchers respond to adversity like that. And he responded well, just like he responded well to the other time he got rocked. Uh, was it against uh, Tampa Bay in May? He he worked pretty quickly. He was curveball heavy in this game. Went there more than usual. Makes sense because you know, I'm sure the the scouting report on Boston was that they kill fastballs. They always have. But he threw the curveball 30% of the time today, 29 pitches. He generated seven swing and misses on it. And more importantly, seven of his eight strikeouts today were on the knuckle curveball. So he was good. Um, Ian Hamilton this series, three and two-thirds innings, one hit, five strikeouts, no runs. That was in the first game following Brito's clunker. He continues to pitch well, and I'm starting to think, is Ian Hamilton going to find himself in the closer role next year? I know the Yankees like Clay Holmes, and I do too, but I don't know if I want Clay Holmes in the ninth inning. I don't trust his command. I don't trust his composure. He seems to shrink in those big, scary moments. I would think about Ian Hamilton. I would think about a few guys. Jonathan Loisaga has also looked good. But Ian Hamilton gets my tip of the cap. So... Again, three and two-thirds innings, no runs, five strikeouts, one hit, which was a single, 43 pitches, 28 strikes, and that was in game one after the uh, burrito clunker. And on the season for Ian Hamilton, he's got a 172 ERA 
in 47 innings where he's striking out 55 batters. He only allowed two home runs so far in the year. So he's been good. And um, I, I think that's it. I don't think we need to keep talking. I th- again, I, these are going to be shorter episodes than the, than the usual, fuck, 45 minutes to an hour. Because we're going to start cutting them down and, and um, you know, talking less about a team that doesn't deserve my energy. Um, and I promise I, I keep tr- I keep putting it aside, but I'm busy and I want to get to them. But I want to talk about this Japanese kid, this this outfielder that could potentially find himself in the uh, major leagues um, next season. So I think that's it. We'll head to our final break, get back, wrap it up with our trivia, and that'll be that. Stay with us. I'm your host, RJ, episode 551 of BD4. If you have time in the day or maybe just prefer old-fashioned reading over listening, then you can always follow along and subscribe to BD4 Blog by going to bd4blog.com. We're not on there as often, but when we do post, it's just as entertaining, opinionated, and passionate as we are on this podcast. Thank you so much. And let's keep on with the show. Studio 69 Productions is a production company that allows content creators of all genres to market their podcast or whatever project they're working on. It's an online platform that will promote your content no problem. All you have to do is get in touch with film director and podcast producer Leo Rodriguez from Say No More Podcast, and you're good to go. You can find him on Instagram at Studio69NJ, Studio69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. All right. Welcome back to the show. Let's wrap this up with our trivia. Let's get to it. All right. I forgot to play the sound effect there or whatever. Um, Episode 551 here in the podcast. Our NYY, NYK, MMA trivia question of the day is. On June 12th, 2003, which Yankee pitcher threw his 4,000th career strikeout in a game against the Cardinals? On June 12th, 2003, which Yankee pitcher threw his 4,000th career strikeout in a game against the Cardinals? I feel like this might be an easy one. Now saying it out loud. But let me know the answer. And uh, that's it. One final time, episode 551 is in the books here on BD4. The Yanks swept by Boston with no prospects in sight. Amazing. And so that's it. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for tuning. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for stopping by. I'm probably going to go to bed after I uh, edit this and I'll drop this pod by the morning. All right. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor. Hey there. If you stayed the entire way through, we thank you immensely for it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come back for the next episode real soon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, download these episodes, and share them with your friends as well. BD4 is a five-star podcast simply because of you. And we'd like to keep it that way. Have a wonderful day. Go Yankees and go Knicks.